0: Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris.
1: Welcome in, welcome in. Winning cures everything. It is Thursday, August the 6th, and I am. At the office, as you can see. Uh, Chris, how's everything going? Pretty good. Good deal, good deal. Everybody knows the drill. Winningcureseverything.com is the website. We are uh, are ready to rock and roll on a Thursday. These days always throw me off. Like, I'm not in my set routine. So, where we typically do everything normal, Monday through Wednesday, and then on Friday, like, I know exactly what I'm going to say, etc., when we come in. Days like today, it's just whatever, right? It's just all up in the air. Whatever happens, happens. Uh, So, yes, winningcureseverything.com is the website. Make sure you go and hit up all the different live platforms. We're on Periscope, Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. Uh, Michael Fritz already jumps in. He said, what's up, fellas? And Periscope, not Periscope, the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave a nice review. You know, jump in there, knock that thing out for us. We would appreciate it. Lots going on today. Uh, If you want to see our college football stuff, we had another video post yesterday. At sbrpicks.com over on their YouTube channel. They have got uh, three different videos that we have done discussing different coaches against the spread, whether as underdogs, as favorites, just overall an introduction to us, etc. Do us a favor, go over there, subscribe to their channel, like what they're doing, and like our videos. Share them out. Tell your buddies about it. We will be doing previews beginning next week. So, uh, so yeah, now that we have schedules, we're ready to rock and roll. Uh, Chris. Let's dive into the topics of the day. They are all college football related for us today. And you know, once I saw this, that I had to dive in on Ryan Day against Jim Harbaugh. Now, this this whole mess is exactly what we want out of college football season. This is why we love college football. It's because of silly crap like this. So, 24 7 insider Dave Biddle has clarified exactly what went down between the two coaches. There was a Big Ten conference call yesterday between the Big Ten coaches. It says While on the call, Ryan Day was talking, and suddenly Jim Harbaugh interrupted him to say that Ohio State was violating the rules by having on field instruction and drills, which are not permitted until Friday. Harbaugh brought up Al Washington by name and mentioned a picture that surfaced with Washington working with some of the Buckeyes linebackers. Day fired back, how about I worry about my team and you worry about yours? It has been reported elsewhere that Day also said to Harbaugh while on the call that Michigan better hope there's a mercy rule because Ohio State is going to hang 100 on you. However, Day did not say that on the call, but he did say those identical words during a team meeting today, which took place not too long after the call among Big Ten head coaches. He told his team that the conference better have a mercy rule or the Buckeyes are going to hang 100 points on the Wolverines. Yes. Let's have more of this. I am tired of these coaches glad-handing and everybody being buddies with everybody. I want some vitriol. I want some, some madness. I want somebody pissed off. Chris,
2: tell me what do you think is going on here. So... I just, I find all of this kind of laughable. Here's (laughs) here's my issue. If a coach calls you out for cheating, for breaking a rule, you don't get to say, how about you worry about your team and I worry about mine? Because (laughs) I have to play you, and we're playing by different rules. You already have a massive advantage than, than my school based on talent, and that's just, you know. Some things you can control, some things you can't, and it is what it is. But, and you're getting extra practices in, like at some point in time, why do we have rules if we're not going to follow them or enforce them? And I guarantee you nothing will happen to Ohio State because they are the yeah. blue blood.
1: They're, they're they
2: the, are the, the, the ones that that own favor. I also find it, now this has been a, a little bit of a pet peeve of mine for a while, okay? I know this rivalry goes back 100 years, okay? I know these two schools hate each other, and I know that there was a day and a time where this was a very even match. But over the last decade, all right, not two, three years, the last decade, this is no longer an even match. The game of college football has changed, and Ohio State has has sold its soul to the SEC way. Clemson has sold its soul to the SEC way. And, And therefore, they are separating themselves drastically from everybody else. Okay.
1: Well, everybody else in their conference. Right? In their
2: conference. Okay. Oh, yeah. What that's from pretty much every everybody else in the country outside of four or five teams in the SEC and Clemson. Okay. There there's just a different way. We all know how that works. All right. Just put a metric shit ton of money in recruiting. Um and then uh and then you just all of a sudden end up with the best players in the world. The fact that Fields I shared this out in our little group chat the other day that Justin Fields posted a picture of you know himself like getting ready and talking about how I can't wait to play the school up north and I'm you know I'm going to beat the brakes off them and I'm thinking dude you were committed to Georgia you went to school in you've been there for right at 12 months okay <laughs> how on earth did you all of a sudden just instill a 100 years of hatred in you. I think that is the fakest shit I have ever seen in my life. You're, it's it's made-up hatred and coach speak for a rival, a, your rival, a rival you didn't know about or think about 12 months ago, okay? You were, you were hating Tennessee. You were hating Auburn. You were hating uh, Florida. Laura, That's yep. who you were hating then, and now all of a sudden you can just flip that switch and hate this new school. The separation is this is and I give you the same shit for, for all your Tennessee hatred all the time. Okay. I think it's really funny that you still keep up with how many days it is since Tennessee's last beat. That tells you that's not a rivalry. That is a one sided rivalry and it does not it matter. Used, it used no one matter. cares outside of the bully school about that game at all. Now hold on, hold, on, reason, hold on because we call it let me jump in. the game. Let
1: me jump then, in. Hold on. If we're going to talk about the Alabama tennessee thing, they used to beat our
2: ass when I was in middle school, I don't elementary care about school. Used to. So What's it's still in ten years, Gary. It still matters no, to it me. It does not. It does not. When you beat the shit out of somebody for a decade, it's no longer a rivalry. Okay. When you bully the hell out of somebody for a decade. It doesn't matter if they dominated you for 100 years. If you can look past 10 years, you are petty as hell. You are small. You don't see big picture at all.
1: I don't agree with that. I don't agree
2: that, with that. That's fine. You but can now, be wrong. Now, Justin Fields, okay. like that's a different story, right? Now, I Your internet is completely frozen.
1: Uh, you know, so has... Uh, I got a drunk
2: years. picture of Gary right now on my screen. <laughs> I've got
1: the same thing on mine. I don't know what's going on here it looks like the audio's still rolling um so we'll uh we'll keep can you still hear me yep we have completely disconnected that's great interesting okay well we will keep this thing going for just a minute uh looks like we're back live I think at least I hope Chris we got you back
2: you're back now
1: okay that was strange i'm I'm actually on wired. Internet today, um, yeah,
2: but you're on shitty school wired internet. I'm the only person home. Nobody's pulling them from my fiber.
1: No, no, no. I, what I'm saying is that I think that the the school internet dropped. I think something dropped. So okay, e- I was either about way, to say, yeah, either it way, had to be. Let's let's jump into the comments here. Michael said, "I you're love the trash." Again, <laughs> uh, hold on. Am I am I back now? Am I good? Either way, Michael says I love the trash talking, but Jim Harbaugh is still a d bag. How do we really think Michigan is following all the rules? Um, I think I think Michigan is following rules more so than than Ohio State, but you know, I mean, we'll just see what happens with it, right? Uh, we got a ton of guys coming in the chat here, and I don't know. I have what, no
2: idea how you know that because you were just frozen again for the last I don't know minute and a half uh, because
1: everything is still uh, everything's still popping across. I don't know. I mean, I I was frozen, but the stuff wasn't frozen. So, either way, boy, you were talking about some technical difficulties today. I don't know what the hell's going on.
2: It's not me. I just did a speed test. I'm downloading at 128, uploading at 126.
1: Well, yeah, I, um, I mean, apparently I'm good to go now. I don't know. That's good. I don't know. Anyway. So, here, here, let me jump into this chat right quick.
2: The fact that Ohio State still gets their rocks off. By beating up on Michigan. And they I have Ohio State friends that I follow and they post this shit all year long, all offseason, about how bad we're gonna beat this team, how bad. How do you have hatred for somebody like that that you just beat the hell out of? I don't understand. Like mentally, I can't get that. I have hatred for Alabama. I have disgust and loathing for them, but that is a real competitive game. All right. Even when Alabama will go nine years for beating LSU, there aren't nine blowout years. All right. No, Those no you're are right. Hardcore competitive games, and they matter to the nation. All right. LSU's biggest rival is Ole Miss. Okay. I can't get any hatred or vitriol from it. And Ole Miss has actually beaten up on LSU a couple of years in the last decade. All right, I still it still doesn't matter because it's a Super Bowl for them and it's a bad game for us. And that year, if we lose to Ole Miss, it cost us nothing because we weren't playing for the SEC at that point in time. We had already lost a couple of games.
1: Uh, I'll tell you this.
2: It it is what
1: makes college football uh, completely different from basically every other sport. It is. It's always been regionalized. Now, we have turned it more so over the past five to ten years into more of a national game. But it has been a regional thing for a long, long time. So those rivalries between Alabama and Tennessee and Ole Miss and and who at Vanderbilt or whatever the hell, right? All of those things where where LSU has beaten the crap out of Ole Miss forever, like that game still matters to people from Ole Miss and LSU, especially the old school diehards that have been through it the whole time, right? It's just something that, that you learn coming up, and that's why it matters. So that, that's why it matters for uh, for college football fans. Now, I don't know why it matters for uh, Justin Fields, but I get it for actual true Boo fans. Like, that stuff makes sense. Let me Mr. jump into the Gid chat. wasn't
2: a threat to Ole Miss. Justin Fields, most of his life, yeah. Most of the time that he's been alive, if he grew up a Buckeye fan, but he didn't. Because if he grew up a Buckeye fan, he would have went to Ohio State instead of Georgia.
1: With. Yeah, no, he, he went to Ohio State because it was the best opportunity that was open.
2: If he'd been at Ohio State for the last three years, I'd believe all this. Because I think in three years, even if you picked a random college for whatever reason, you can grow hatred. You can grow so You can't grow that in a year, and the one time you played them, you beat the hell out of them. Agreed. What do they have? I just don't know that I can have hatred for somebody who I don't see as a threat.
1: Now, that's see, that's the thing. Now, Ryan Day can be mad at Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh has always been a Michigan guy, right? It, like, yeah. always. So I can understand him hating Ohio State. I don't really get it from Ryan Day back. I mean, Ryan Day was at what, New Hampshire
2: or what? I mean, yeah, like, 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 did you just all of a sudden learn I'm this is what my boosters want to hear. They want to hear that we beat the hell out of Michigan. And I understand that there's that kind of stuff that happens in college football. It's different in real sports and professional sports because you don't have the haves and the have nots. Okay. Yeah. There is a there is a line of the the Celtics don't have a long time hatred for the Hawks. They beat the hell out of the Hawks, okay? They have a hatred with the Lakers because they played in, in championship series for years and years. The Red Sox and the Yankees have hated each other for a long time because when they play, it matters to the pennant. Like, those games actually matter. The Cubs and the Cardinals hate each other. When one wins and one loses, it actually matters to the pennant. This yeah. this doesn't matter to anything because Michigan hasn't been in that conversation for a while.
1: Yeah, now you can understand Michigan hating him, but you like,
2: yeah, I understand the little brother hating him. I just can't, I get why Ole Miss hates LSU. I fully understand that. Getting bullied by somebody sucks, but being the bully, I just don't understand that. I I do not think of Ole Miss as a threat at all. I want good things for them. If I had hatred for them, I wouldn't want good things for them. i cheer for them 90% of the time. I think it's fun down in Oxford. I have a good time. But that's that's because I don't see them as a threat. And so I can see the beauty and the positive of it. I just don't understand. You know, I, I see the same thing about Tennessee. We say that. I grew up, I hated Tennessee, because in the 90s they were a bully. I don't feel bad for them now, and I mean I don't I don't fear them now, so I can't hate them. I can't be afraid of something that a I'm smarter than, or b that I'm better than. Okay, I just I just can't hate something that I'm better than and I'm smarter than. It, th- those it just doesn't work in my in my ecosystem, and and that's it.
1: Let me let me. That's dive why into the I chat.
2: think this is this is pathetic on Ryan Day's part and Ohio State's part. And Michigan, you know, no one likes to be the tattletale. I think it's always kind of weird that we always shit on the tattletale guy. But at the same time, everybody in the conference is like, yeah, fuck them. They're, yeah. they're already better than us, and they're cheating and breaking rules, and they're going to get away with it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I'm with you. I'm with you.
2: I mean, Wait, if we it, catch Purdue doing this, does anybody care?
1: Doubtful. Doubtful. Okay. But But this was Ohio State hired away, you know, Wilson, the linebackers coach, yeah, front, or Washington, the linebackers coach from Michigan last year. And and now he's got them on the field before they're supposed to be on the field. All that kind of mess, right? Here's the chat. Michael said, uh, I love the trash talking, but Jim Harbaugh is still a D-bag. Do we really think Michigan is following all the rules? Um, I don't think that they are. Like, if you're competitive, then no. Obviously, you're looking for workarounds. But do I think that some, some teams uh, that are more upper echelon break more rules than others? Uh, absolutely. Or, or find better workarounds. I mean, that's what makes them better. Right. Like I, you don't think I'm crazy for that, right?
2: No, I don't. I don't at all. But at the same time, I don't, I don't know that those teams get to brag about it and tell other teams to stay out of their business. Yeah. Like you don't get to beat the hell out of people and then tell other teams don't, don't bother us that we're cheating and breaking rules. Yeah. Like, that that doesn't work that but because people hate harbaugh this is the world that we live in because he's seen as the douchebag nobody wants to hear from him but literally we just got a text in our group text that just came up on my phone it's like harbaugh being a caddy bitch again like come on like you're from northwestern why why do you want to see ohio state get stronger and better and and have an advantage that nobody else is getting
1: yeah i I don't i don't see anything wrong with this at all like Maybe he should have brought it up somewhere other than the Big Ten conference call. Oh no, no! Hang, hang but, on,
2: hang on. How many coaches would have went to the went to the NCAA or went to the conference commissioner and tried to keep it on the down low and not let anybody know? No. How about the stones of Harbaugh to call him out right to his face on the phone? Right there on the conference call in front of every, the commissioner, every other coach called him out on it straight up. See, that takes balls to me.
1: Yeah, no, you're right? you're right. What
2: Phil Fulmer did to Alabama years ago. Everybody thought Phil reported Tennessee, but we don't know. We just assume he did, right? And therefore, you got that's a catty way out of something. That's a that's a coward's way. You gonna call somebody on the garbage? Call them on the garbage.
1: Yeah, agreed. Matt jumps in. He said it's like Fairweather fans jumping from team to team. Uh, he said, it always matters. Tennessee will have a streak again one day in the future, and they will hold it over Alabama. Uh, Joseph Gomez said, you find the bully in high school and laugh at him now because you won at life. Uh, Terry said, what's up? I can't get YouTube to work. Well, uh, nobody could get anything to work for middle. Uh Michael said, it's a rivalry in the eyes of the team getting their ass beat. Colorado still sees Nebraska as a rival, and Nebraska could care less about Colorado. Hey, I guarantee that that's changed after Colorado beat them the last two years. I was just about to say,
2: yep. Nebraska could care less. Oh, that game doesn't matter to us because that team's now starting to kick their ass. Yep, you got it. Uh,
1: Terry said, uh, read the comments. Gary, we uh, <laughs> Terry said, hey, read the comments. Gary, we're risking our lives to watch this show. Joseph said, you find the bully. Uh, he already said that again. Uh, Huey said, if there isn't hatred, no one will watch. And then Terry said, everybody lives off haterade now. Huey said, Idaho playing Boise Spade has been so one-sided for years uh that is no longer a rivalry. Uh rivals will rise again and win and hold that win over the other team. And Terry said it's actually only a rivalry when each side wins one. They shouldn't every wins one that they shouldn't every now and then. Yeah. 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 Um let's see. That, uh, that, that,
2: and and I wor- I work in a world of decades, okay? If I have to go back more than 10 years, none of those stats matter. They just don't they just don't matter. Yeah. Okay? Ten years ago, Justin Fields was eight years old, right?
1: Terry said Tennessee beats LSU this year. (laughs) Okay. I mean, they'd have to get on the schedule first, right?
2: Uh, Yeah, I was about to say, I don't know that we're going to play them, but.
1: Hey, there you go. Uh, Purdue needs the boost to win, Huey said. Have you been to West Lafayette? It's in the middle of cornfields. No, but, uh, that's,
2: but that's the thing that I find laughable is that other fan bases will take this moment to take the shot at Harbaugh because he's always the guy that's always stirring stuff up. Yeah. All right? When really they should take the opportunity to take the shot at the big boy, okay? But here's the problem. Those same fans remember Michigan as being that bully years ago. I, I just don't understand how you can hold on to something that long. They, they kind of... I just don't get it. I yeah. don't have hatred for Notre Dame because of what they did in the '90s. I don't have hatred for Michigan for what they did in the '90s. I just don't. I don't care.
1: Terry said uh, Chris Dunn went on a tangent, and Matt MS69 on Twitch said Ohio State could plausibly put up 100 points. They almost did that two years ago. Uh, and Brown Yeti jumps in. He said, "What's up? What's up, Brown Yeti? Good to see you in here." Let's uh, let's dive off of that one. Let's jump into. I, I guess this lets you know that we are ever so close to a college football season, and that would be. The Amway Coaches Poll came out, and I'm excited about it. I mean, it's a preseason coaches' poll. It's whatever. Um, <laughs> Joseph said the uh, the LSU red shirts could beat Tennessee. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's dive into the the preseason top twenty five. I'm going to go through the whole thing. I'm going to do it. You know, ten and then eleven through twenty, and then uh, and then we'll do the last five. Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, and LSU are, are your top five here at not surprising there. Oklahoma at six, Penn State seven, Florida eight, Oregon nine, and Notre Dame ten. Uh, you see anything surprising in the top ten here?
2: No, just big boy schools.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all we got here. Uh, Michael said, by the way, I'm all for exposing Ohio State. I think they cheat their ass off, but Harbaugh better not throw rocks in a glass house. It seems like after someone snitches, something comes out about them. Um yeah, and then Huey said Tennessee has won the last 10 preseason national championships. Yeah, Tennessee's always got a lot of hype. Uh, number 11 is Auburn, and then we've got Wisconsin, Texas A&M, Texas, Michigan, Oklahoma State, USC, Minnesota, North Carolina, and Utah. Um, you know, I, I think North Carolina might be a little high here, but you you won't be able to tell it based on their schedule. You know, I think they got a really favorable ACC schedule. We'll talk about that on our preview over on sbrpicks.com next week. Um, you know, Utah lost their entire defensive line in a ton
2: of their production. No one cares about these things, Gary. Steve Spurrier famously didn't even like fill this stuff out. Like he had some grad assistant fill his I mean, out. It's
1: all SIDs at this point.
2: So Yeah, like and nobody knows anything about any of these teams, okay? We have we didn't have watched spring games. We haven't watched and no one knows anything.
1: Uh, that, see, that's that's something we can definitely talk about is nobody has any idea right now because we no, don't know that's who's still this, opting out. that's why this doesn't matter. Like, Minnesota at 18, Rashad Bateman's gone. So, like, what does that mean? I'm going
2: to bet 80% of the people that fill this out don't know that because no one cares.
1: Matt MS69 on Twitter said, I think Oregon should be higher. Joseph said Penn State might be very overrated, uh, especially losing Micah Parsons. Um <laughs> Matt MS69 said, "Damn it, Chris, just play the game." Uh, the Brown Yeti said, "Oklahoma State's a little low to me." Terry said, "Just wait to see what Tennessee does next year." LOL, love hearing that from their fans. It's so funny. Um, yeah, here, let me get through the uh, the rest of it. UCF, Cincinnati, Iowa, Virginia Tech, and Iowa State—the only two Group of Five teams in this list were UCF and Cincy. Um, okay, you know, I don't know. Tennessee is is the other receiving vote. Uh, behind them is Boise State, Arizona State, Kentucky, and Memphis. So, you know, interesting. We'll see what the AP does when they decide to release theirs. Uh, Terry that one said, won't be
2: worth a damn either.
1: Terry said, with everyone LSU lost, how are they in the top 10? They lost a lot of big time talent. Well, because they've established a culture there and they've always got talent. I'm
2: about to say, got a lot of talent there to play so, guys.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a, you see the same thing with Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, and. Georgia and whoever else every single year
2: they're just not used to seeing LSU do that.
1: Yeah, well, it's because Coach O's only been and there, and it, it for hadn't three been years. done
2: yet, by the way. So
1: uh, let's see. Matt MS69 says AP polls should not exist until after Week Four.
2: Come on, well, come
1: on. Maybe not AP polls because that's that's media guys like they got to have something to talk about. So
2: nobody nobody should do a poll until October,
1: at, at least until everybody's played like four weeks. Now, yes. this year's week four. And I'm not be talking, weird. if
2: you've got three high school teams on there and a couple of penitentiary teams, then I don't care about that either. I want I want four or five real football games.
1: Yeah, I'd be good with that. I'd be good with that. And that's, I mean, that's what the uh, the CFP does. I mean, their rankings are the last four weeks of the year or last five yeah. weeks, whatever it is. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about Mike Loxley. Mike Loxley, the, the current Maryland coach has started the National Coalition of Minority Football Coaches. It says the group will help identify and groom minority college and professional coaches, as well as develop a list of candidates that should be considered for future job openings. There are 14 black head coaches in FBS out of 130 jobs. There are three black head coaches in the NFL. Um, He said, when I took the Maryland job last year and looked at the landscape of college football, I thought to myself, There is something missing. I'm on the back nine of my career, and the pathway to becoming a head coach is still as difficult as when I got into the business in 1992. Uh, He said, I wanted to create an organization that would be able to help prepare, promote, and produce the next group of coaches coming up through the ranks at every level. There's an 11-person board of directors that is going to be charged with vetting and maintaining a qualified list of candidates. Uh, And the board of directors includes Ozzie Newsom, who is a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, College Football Hall of Fame. He was the first-ever black general manager in the NFL. Of course, he was the former GM of the Ravens. It's got Nick Saban on there. It's got Bill Polian, who's a former GM of the, I mean, the Bills, the Panthers, and the Colts. Mike Tomlin, current Steelers coach. Doug Williams, former Washington quarterback and a Super Bowl MVP. And then you got a bunch of other guys, right? The Dolphins general manager, Chris Greer. Uh, Willie Jeffries, who's a College Football Hall of Fame coach, first black coach in Division I history. Uh, South Carolina State's coach, Oliver Pugh. Uh, Rick Smith, the former Texans general manager. And uh, several other people, right? So, that list of people is is fine. But Chris and I, when we were discussing earlier, it's a little weird to have active coaches on this list, right?
2: Yeah. Or even active I just GM. don't understand how... How Nick Saban is supposed to be grooming black coaches for head coaching jobs when it's his responsibility to put together the best staff he can put together?
1: Yeah, for for his own program.
2: For his own program.
1: And and same could be said for Chris Greer, the Dolphins general manager, um, Mike
2: Tomlin. See now the you know, like GMs and stuff. That's decision makers. Okay.
1: Agreed, but it's decision makers that are that are active that yeah. can help hire for their own team. So, you know, and, and Saban, of course, he's a decision maker for, because Saban's basically the GM of Alabama's program. You know, I, Tomlin, kind of the same thing. He can hire and fire coaches. Um, I, I just, I, I think it's a little strange to have, you know, it, one of the others, Desiree Reed Francois is UNLV's athletic director. It uh, was the first Hispanic athletic director for an FBS school. which well, She's the current athletic director. So she can hire and fire as well.
2: So the, the way to, the way to fix this problem is we have to be able to get these guys better coordinator jobs because that's where the head coaching jobs pull from. Okay, rarely are you finding a head coach come from a position coach. Rarely, and when they do get those jobs, they are usually really bad jobs. Okay, yeah, Terry. Said Ole Miss. Ole Miss hired an interim coach from the offensive line when they got rid of Hugh Freeze and they wanted an old Miss man and he was pretty much the placeholder while they went through their, their NCAA penalties. And then once the penalties were up, he's out, you know, um, yeah. every now and then you, you find a team just in desperate need of somebody cheap and they'll go get a positions coach guy. But the way this is fixed is we have to get more black coaches at coordinator positions. And so if you, I literally just listened to this today. Um, our guys at Westlot break down the whole Big Ten, and and they just did their Purdue breakdown. And Purdue, I don't mean to like randomly crap on this guy, but Bob Diaco is is their defensive coordinator that they just hired. Okay, all right. Bob Diaco was a great DC at Notre Dame, where it was loaded with talent. Then he was a complete whiff and bust at Cincinnati or at uh, at UConn. Yeah, as, two a, years. as a head coach. Yeah. And then and then a complete waste of space at Nebraska, a complete waste of space at Oklahoma. Then he went to Louisiana Tech Free. Like all these are one year jobs. And yeah. then he gets fired and he gets fired and he gets fired because they're, they're, just, they're just not, or he moves on to another job because he's not good at the job he's at. And and Purdue hired him. Now, now I'm not I'm not necessarily just crapping on this guy, but there had to be a black defensive coordinator somewhere out there that's got a better resume than this. And if you're pointing to seven years ago at Notre Dame, he was really good, and maybe he can turn the Purdue bullet makers into something special like he did at Notre Dame seven years ago, then that, I think that's a bridge too far. So at some point in time, I don't know I don't know how he got interviewed. I don't know his connection to Bronx. I really like Purdue. Not crapping on that program. But this is the issue, is is failed white coaches keep getting jobs over and over and over again. Yeah. And black coaches usually get one or two chances and then they never get another shot and they just go back to position coaches and that's it. And we got to we got to give them the same runway that we would give anybody else and they got to get the opportunities at DCs and OCs because that's where the head coaching jobs are coming from.
1: Well, a lot of this is basically they have to be able to infiltrate that the the quote unquote good old boy network. Right, yep. which is what all of this stems down to is these people hire people that they are comfortable with, and yes. they don't go. And, yeah, the Brown Eddie jumps in and said a lot of it is uh, who you know. That's 100% yep. what it is. Uh, Joseph Gomez jumps in. He said Raiders defensive end Max Crosby, Jets wide receiver, uh, uh, never mind, jo- Josh Dotson, Bills cornerback trade uh, trade davius have all opted out of the season due to COVID. We'll, we'll get into that once we get a, a full finalized list. Uh, Terry said, shouldn't the GMs already have this list for when they need coaches? And then, uh, the Brown Yeti said, maybe Nick is done after this year. Um, maybe, I mean, if he wins a national championship, maybe he decides to hang it up, but who knows? Um, but yeah, and, and, and a lot and of this now, is, now,
2: is, so let me tell you like, the story and the history. This is one of the reasons why I know that I'm gonna catch crap for this. One of the reasons why I'm a big Bill Belichick guy. Okay. Ozzie Newsome was a aging tight end for the Browns when Bill got there. Okay. And Bill realized this guy's loved in Cleveland, loved in Cleveland. Can't, can't kick him off the team, but he can't play no more. And so Bill called him and said, hey, why don't you come help me scout? Why don't you, why don't you pair up with me and, and do some GM work, okay? And Bill taught him to be a general manager his entire career in Cleveland. Didn't last too long, but he was there for a couple of years. Made the playoffs a couple of years. When Art Modell decided to sell the team, not sell the team, move the team, to Baltimore he took one person from Cleveland with him that was Ozzy yeah and and that was one of those things where a coach who had the influence who had the the decision making ability said I got to take this guy and I got to find a home for him but because I can't let him on the field anymore he's going to hurt my football team but he has too much clout in the locker room and I need him around and the city loves him they'll they'll run me out on a rail and and this was young Bill Belichick who realized he still had to appease people before he had all the rings, and now he can do whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> and and so he promoted Ozzy up into the front office. And those guys, Ozzy learned to do that job. And as much as I hated the Ravens during his run, he's a hell of a GM. Oh, yeah. He knew how to build a team. And he knew how to build a team on a budget. Okay. They they didn't have a lot of crazy star players. This guy was an offensive guy, and he realized. Defense wins titles. Bill taught me that. You yeah. know? And what did he do in Baltimore? He built on the defensive side of the ball. And and that's just one of those things where somebody got an opportunity. Okay? They learned the job. They, they weren't an expert in the job when they got the job. But they learned the job. They're capable of learning. Give them the chance.
1: Well, and see, that's a lot of that is, you know, Bowling Green. We can take Bowling Green, just a G5 school from the MAC for an example. They hire Scott Loeffler. Scott Leffler ends up hiring Brian Van Gordon as his, de- as his defensive coordinator. It, neither one of those guys was qualified for those jobs at this point. I mean, it, yep. it was just completely ridiculous, and yet, here we are. And and Bowling Green was so incredibly successful under a minority coach, Dino Babers, and they haven't gone back that direction. And you have to assume it's just based on, okay, we're going to go with guys that we know, or, yep. or is it we're going to go with guys that can't get jobs anywhere else and we know they're going to stay here. It's, well, so it's the prop,
2: but Now, that's another issue with the smaller schools. So when yeah. you're looking at those little schools, the, those guys are are looking for things different than the big boy schools. Okay, The Power Five are looking for – I mean, they would – most Power Fives – now, every now and then you get your Jeff Brahms. Every now and then you get your PJ Flex that come from your smaller schools and they've got a new innovative way of doing something and they come up through the ranks and then they just impress people. But a lot of Power Five jobs come from Power Five OCs in yes. DCs, and and that's that's just where the where the money's made, and that's where it is. In in the NFL, it's it's the same thing. I'm a big fan of Byron Leftwich. Okay, Lo- love that Bruce Arians hired him. It's one of the reasons I wanted Bruce in Cleveland so bad. Is is I think Byron's going to get the call any day now to be a head coach because the NFL is making this push. And his offenses have been really good learning under Bruce. At some point in time, we also need to worry about, are we taking guys too soon? And are they going to just places where they have no chance of winning? All right. Yeah. Steve Wilkes went to Arizona for one year. He was a lame duck coach in a complete rebuild and was given no chance to actually rebuild that team. Now that records on his resume for the rest of his life. Todd Bowles was given what? Two, three years in New York for the Jets. I believe. Yeah. And, and then and then, will he ever get another shot? I don't know. But nobody could have won in the Jets. God of football himself, Bill Belichick, couldn't have won in the Jets.
1: What's, what, that, what you're the talking GM about that ran is, that
2: program was a complete idiot.
1: What you're talking about is exactly what Mike Loxley was. He was at yeah. Maryland as an OC. Took the New Mexico job. He went three and thirty-one or whatever. over that's right. Three and seasons.
2: no, and people hold that resume up and yeah. say, "Look how terrible that coach he was." Why should we ever give him another chance? But he was at New Mexico, and that's I, I so agree. That's the thing. So he, I agree. he takes he takes an analyst
1: job at Alabama. Nick Saban ends up promoting him all the way up to. He was an on-field coach, and then he was the OC. He had a ridiculous seven point seven six yards per play average the year that he was the OC. Gets the Maryland job, and no, he wasn't successful last year. But good gracious, he's in the Big Ten East, you know. Yeah. So he—they're going to give him time. Hey, hey, he went down and he beat Texas. That is true. Uh, They're—they're going to give him time to be able to uh, get that thing done. Well, I don't think he beat Texas. Texas was two years ago. But yeah, that's thats the thing.
2: Um, well, they beat Texas two years in a row. Well, yeah, but what that was—I was, think was, it's first year he beat Texas. No, that was—that was what was, that was, was last, last
1: year's first year. Last year was his first year. So okay. yeah, because he, he was—he was the OC. The year that uh, that Tua was, uh, oh, that's I right. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, so last year I'll was not. his
2: first year. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So
1: uh, Terry Brewer jumps in. He said, "Lane Kiffin is a prime example. Got to love that empty trophy case. Uh, love that Tosh. skit about him." Uh, Matt MS 69 said, "It's pretty simple. White people know more white people. Black people know more black people. Most GMs are white. Most owners are white." Uh, Damien jumps in. He said, "What's up? Good to see you, Damien. Huey said, "We all know Ray Lewis shot that guy. <laughs> I swear to God."
2: Um, now, listen, when you want to have a podcast on Ray Lewis, be my guest. Let's talk. I'll do it.
1: Uh, Terry said, get all the coaches together, let the murder hornets loose, and the ones that are left after 30 minutes are now the head coaches. Uh, Robert Stagg. So this
2: was my problem, and this was my fear with Brian Flores. We assumed that we assumed that the Dolphins were tanking last year, okay? They dumped all their good players. Let's say Brian Flores and the Dolphins this year don't have a great year, Okay. And then let's say to never really gets healthy. They can't figure the quarterback position out. Year three, they're not good. At some point in time, somebody's going to give his whole resume, his whole resume, and say, look how terrible of a coach this guy was. When year one, you dumped every player he had for assets, and then he doesn't get to pick the assets. Yeah, Yeah. But right. we're going to use that year that they tanked. All right, that they threw in the towel for almost every game, and his players still played hard. He tried to win. He just wasn't given any talent to win. Okay, yeah, and, no, I'm with you. And 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 at the end of the day, his record is going to look really bad. And it's not. He didn't. He didn't draft Tua. He didn't put. He he didn't want to tank. Like if 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 those draft assets don't work out, Brian. Flores is going to be responsible for it. He's going to be the one to bear the burden of it. And and that's it. And the chances of him getting another job are slim.
1: Yeah. Robert Staggs jumps in on YouTube. He said, have you have you never met someone you hated just immediately that you didn't need to see them again to hate them? I'm not sure what that has to do with.
2: I wonder if that's about.
1: us. Maybe so. I don't know. Robert, if we, uh, if we look like. I mean, that could be hated. I'm
2: sure a lot of people have that feeling about me. <laughs> I'm a hundred percent certain. About
1: uh, who knows? Who knows? I ain't that worried about it. Uh, if hey, if you hate us now, I mean, just wait till football season. Just wait. Uh, Matt said, bowl's got four years." Also, the problem with promotion sometimes is you promote someone until they are promoted into incompetence. Yes, that, that's, that's uh, No,
2: I do agree with that philosophy. Of I see that in business. Every I saw it when I was in the corporate world, and I had to get out. I just had to get out.
1: Uh, and then he said, "I guess all coaches are going to be praying manises." Uh, talking about the Murder Hornet stuff. Huey jumps in. He said, uh, suck teams never give a chance to allow a coach's system to take full effect. Yeah. Yeah, that's 100% true. Well,
2: that's what's happening in Cleveland. It's not just a coach's system. They change the general manager every year and a half too. So one guy comes in with a plan. He starts that plan, and then midway through the plan, we fire that guy. Somebody else comes in, throws that whole plan away, new plan. Yeah. And therein lies the problem If you've got – even if it doesn't work, you still have to let somebody complete a plan before you can say, oh, I like this new guy's plan better than yours. I'm firing you, and we're going to bring him in. Because yeah. there's always going to be somebody out there selling you a new plan.
1: Uh, you, Everybody that is in a position of leadership has to learn patience. 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 Yes. Terry uh, Terry said, but isn't Cleveland supposed to be good this year? Ha, 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 ha. Uh, <laughs> Michael Fritz said, if, uh, if someone hates y'all, then there is something wrong with them. We appreciate nah, that.
2: I'm okay with I get it. I, I fully get it. I know we, me. Yeah, I we, get it.
1: We love it. We love it. Yeti304 said, What's up, guys? Good to see Yeti in here. Uh, Matt MS69 said, I think in the NFL, a minimum of three years is needed. I think, I think college is four. I agree with that. Um, and then Joseph Gomez said, Yes, the Browns are a perfect example. Yeah, 100%. So, so getting back to the main point here, this organization, this group that they are creating, that Loxley is creating, is an incredibly Good idea, and it should have been started a long time ago. Um, The guys that he has on the board here, fantastic. All incredibly well-credentialed. All people that should be in a position to do something about this. The only question that we've got is, is it kind of weird having active coaches? Because if that's the case, and and you and I have talked about this before, if there is, uh, if you see a short in the market, and people don't want to hire these guys for whatever reason, uh, then you will see Mike Loxley and Nick Saban and Mike Tomlin and Chris Greer, et cetera, take advantage of the
2: market inefficiency. So here's the other thing that you got to worry about too. If if you're a, a minority coach, if you're a black coach or, 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 or a female coach or or whatever trying to get into the game, and this committee doesn't give you a nod, are you are you blackballed out of it? Or do you just have no chance if for some reason you have been one of the guys to, to, to cross Bill Polian in the past or, or to cross Loxley or to cross Saban? are you just, you just got no prayer? Well, the, the you good just thing, got no chance?
1: The good thing about this this group is that this is not the group that makes final decisions. So where we talked about that the good old boy network, uh, it still works both ways. So if you are friends with somebody and somebody wants to hire you, but I'm just saying these guys are here job. to
2: promote the minorities that are, in their eyes, qualified. But what if you're not qualified in their eyes, but you're qualified? Yeah, now that, that could That's, be... Therein lies, therein lies the issue of, this is just, my fear for things like, I appreciate what they're doing. And I think it's a good thing. I think it's a positive thing. My fear for this is, this is just another network, though. Yeah, Now you're And you're if right. you're not in this network... You might be in trouble. Well, how is it any different than the other network? No, you, you've you got a, a
1: very valid point there. Uh, Terry Terry jumps in. He said, hell, no wonder we can't find Yetis in the world. They're all on here. How many have we got now? Have we just got two? We just got two in here. Uh, Robert Stagg said, no, it has to do with Justin Fields in Michigan. Sorry, wrote while watching the beginning of the show. I don't hate you guys. I'm just a little behind. <laughs> no worries. Well, hang around for football season. You'll find some reason to hate us, I promise. I promise. Yeah. All right, let's close out the show with this one. Very quick tidbit of news, and that is Miami Hurricanes defensive lineman Gregory Rousseau, top 10 potential NFL draft pick, was expected to be one of the top defenses in the country at at the Hurricanes. Um, He is opting out for the season. He told Manny Diaz today he is opting out of this season. He's going to prepare for the NFL draft. Uh, This is maybe the the biggest opt-out, I mean, obviously we had Rashad Bateman, we had Micah Parsons, you know, we, we've we had some big times that have, have opted out. I don't know that any are more important to a team than Russo was to Miami. Uh, I don't know. I
2: think Bateman was – I think Parsons was pretty big too. Yeah, I, don't know. Russo, I don't know how great that Penn State defense is. I think Parsons hit a lot of flaws. And also, I think Bateman is a big target for that offense.
1: Oh no, I I agree. I agree. Uh, Russo six foot seven, two hundred sixty five pounds. He led the ACC with nineteen and a half tackles for loss. He had fifteen and a half sacks last year, despite starting only. No, he's seven a monster. Of his 13 he's games. a monster. Yeah.
2: But I didn't have expect. I guess the difference is, is I actually had expectations for the other two teams. I didn't have any expectations for Miami. This is a great dude on a bad team.
1: Yeah, and and now here's the thing. Miami had the chance this season with Derek King corner, or at a quarterback. They'd already lost a really important offensive lineman, their most experienced, their best one, their best NFL prospect. He opted out over a month ago.
2: Yeah, I was about to say, he opted out long ago. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's it's kind of a, a deal. Uh, the Brown Yeti said, man, don't you know the best Wi-Fi is at McDonald's? Uh, people just aren't looking for us there. That's... <laughs> talking about the Yetis, I love it. Uh, Michael Fritch said, I think players opting out could make this season a little more interesting. Yeah, it's going to make it's gonna make betting lines really interesting.
2: It's gonna make um, it really well eventually once once the opt-outs are done, we we'll, we'll all the lines will, will stabilize pretty easily. Yeah. Um I I think this is this is a whole lot of agents getting into players' ears saying, oh, hey, yes. you don't need this last year. I mean, how many of us were saying this? I I love today beyond Clowney. I love him, and I loved watching him play college football. Okay. And I was even in agreement, liking. South Carolina and loving what he was doing there. And I was even like, man, why is he playing this year? Why is he doing it? He's going to hurt himself. I mean, that guy, he's going to hurt himself. No one else is going to hurt him. He's going to hurt himself because he's that explosive. He was that strong. He was that big. He was that fast. Yeah. That was, that was what, six years ago, five years ago? I mean. 2013, 2014, somewhere in there. Yeah, it it was a while back. Now. In the, in the world of COVID, and we don't really know how these teams are running things, but you can go train with, like, four guys that are all quarantined in some complex in Arizona that your agents fit in the bill for for the next, you know, eight months. Who didn't want to do that? You got Eat great point. food, stay in a five-star hotel. Come on, man.
1: Yeah, you've got a very valid point. Uh, Michael said I, I, gives-
2: I, I get it. I'll tell you this. I get it. I fully understand if I was a top-tier talent and I wasn't on a team that I thought could compete for a national title, I, I I think I'd walk too.
1: Well, I mean, if if you're, you know, almost guaranteed a first-round draft slot.
2: Yeah, if you've got that kind of grade. Now, I, you better have that kind of grade. Yeah. But if you got that kind of grade, then... Otherwise, if, if you I'll are... I'll tell you this, you'll be ready for the combine yeah. because basically you're going to be studying for the test the whole year and everybody else is going to study for it for two months like they normally do.
1: But if you got a, a late second, maybe third or fourth round grade, I mean, that's you risky. don't play, it, that could drop you to fifth, sixth, seventh. I mean, yeah. maybe even out no, of no, the draft. No, I, I think this is film. for
2: the elites of the elites that have no reason playing.
1: Yeah. Uh, Michael said it gives other kids opportunities. Maybe other teams could be competitive. Yeah, it's 100% true. Terry oh, I said uh, agree with that. Talking, next man up. Talking somebody's
2: going to get a chance to play in Miami. Talking about
1: the McDonald's Wi-Fi, Terry said, they won't let us at McDonald's down here right now. That's why we can't find you. Both in the parking lot. That. <laughs> uh, I do you, a
2: lot of work for my McDonald's parking lots because yeah. I, I need Wi-Fi to do some of it.
1: Uh, D jumped in on Periscope. He said, what's the toughest conference right now?
2: The, well, the SEC. It's not it's close. Still, yeah,
1: it's still the SEC. I mean, yeah, it's it, you're right. It's really not close at all. It, I mean, it's not close at all. I mean, yeah, you could you could try and make a case for the Big Ten, but...
2: No, you can't. There's one juggernaut there. Everybody else, if you, if somebody shot Ohio State in the head and drugged them out to a field, that would be an incredibly fun conference to watch yeah. because everybody else down the road until you get to Maryland's Rutgers and a couple of those other teams, I'm, the separation between two and eight is nothing. Yeah, it's completely negligible. I mean, it's, yeah. I, think, I think it is tight. Negligible. For sure. All right. I think that's going
1: to wrap it up. I hadn't seen anything else break. Um, I'm checking. uh, The only
2: thing, only news that I've gotten. was that? Is my damn kids are out of school again next week.
1: Uh, Aren't they out of school for a little while or? No, they were supposed to start Monday. Oh, so, but it's one more week. They just pushed it back. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's a little bit of a disaster. So, uh, my wife's a teacher in Here's the problem.
2: I don't have a problem with them being out of school still. My wife, the teacher, can't be made to go back to school. All right, you yeah. can't take her and leave the damn kids. Uh, I got a job.
1: Let's see, Brown uh, Michael said um, SEC top to bottom is the toughest. Not even close. Better question: Who's the second best conference? Probably Big Ten is second best. The
2: the Big Ten is the second best, but toughest. I, toughest like, is SEC. To,
1: it's not even close.
2: They're just they're yeah. The Big Ten really really good. Like the most erratic or sporadic. I think it's probably the Big 12. Oh, agreed.
1: Everybody think, can beat everybody I in think the
2: conference. unless Lincoln Riley just pulls another Heisman trophy, you know, top you know, first round draft quarterback out of his ass, I think there's going to be some parity in the Big 12 this year. I think there will be a lot of
1: parity in the Pac-12 as well. Now, it won't be quite what the Big 12 is. I but, don't know. But in the in the Pac-12 I think they're
2: going to separate themselves a little bit.
1: The, Maybe, but I mean, we got to see what they do at quarterback. I mean, who knows nah, what their Justin quarterback? Justin Fields
2: wasn't that great. Too. Listen, Justin Fields was really Justin good. Herbert. Okay, right? I think they can replace Fields. Herbert. And, and the reason being is because they they are running defensive football. They're building it from the defense, yeah, not the offense. And, and so U- it doesn't matter USC, so much who the quarterback is. USC is doing the exact opposite. USC is going. USC is doing on the exact opposite. They got three guys that can all play quarterback, and they can't stop anybody.
1: Yep. Well, now it's. No, I think now they've only got the one guy, right? They only got Slovis now because uh, Sears Oh Oh, well, yeah,
2: the other two are gone. The other That's two are right.
1: transferred out. So, JT Daniels, he's at Georgia. Uh, yeah. Jack Sears is at Boise State. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Um, let's see. The fifth is the best half of the SEC. Um, let's see. Michael said, be thankful, Chris. I'm homeschooling my five-year-old. I'm not qualified for that. Ton of field trips. Uh, Terry said, "Starting school Monday in Olive Branch. Joseph said— No, ben they're said not,
2: Terry. No, they're not. I'm in Olive Branch right now. Dying. No, they're not. Okay. Well, then I be- got inside information from somebody standing in that school that I'm married to that says, you got to keep the kids for another week.
1: Well, my daughter didn't start in Memphis until uh, the 17th anyway, so, you know, is what it is.
2: Well, you don't have to keep her every day and bring her to work with you. You got that right.
1: You got uh, that right. All right, Terry, uh, Huey said my kids are learning how to yeet rocks in the pond. Terry said I figured they'd be learning how to start fires. So, that's the way it goes.
2: That's the way it goes. Might have learned in the construction business. <laughs> well, hey, they learn that daddy cusses a lot when he's not around them.
1: Probably a better uh, learning experience than going to school sometimes.
2: So, Well, I'll right. tell you the words that they're using right now are fantastic. Oh, the teachers I, are going to send a lot of letters home. Oh, and I, I love I'm that my wife that. has to work there. So, she gets the full embarrassment. And I get nothing <laughs> but joy. All right. We're
1: getting out of here. Uh, Get out of here. There's there's nothing else to talk about just Close yet. Close it down. We, uh, we, we might talk PGA tomorrow. I mean, we'll just see what the leaderboard looks like and go from there. But we got time golf tonight. That's always fun. And, of course, March Madness with NHL and NBA, et cetera. Zion and the Pelicans got beat again. So, either way, we are rolling. Uh, Damien, everybody else that jumped in the chat, all the different mats, all the Yetis, Terry, everybody else, we appreciate you guys for jumping in and helping drive the conversation. Uh, Huey. He's going to close us out. He said, don't forget how Al Bundy won the 1966 City Championship.
2: I'd never forget it. Four touchdowns. Never stands. forget. You got that right.
1: All right, everybody. Go to winningcureseverything.com. Make sure you are subscribed at all the proper places. Leave a nice five-star review on the podcast. And share the show out. Give the video a like. Hit that thumbs up button. You know, the thing that looks like this right here. And uh, and make sure you tell everybody you know about it and whatnot. Go over to sbrpicks.com and find all of our latest videos on college collegefootball4sportsbookreview.com. We are looking forward to getting some previews done and whatnot, but uh, hopefully we don't have anything too drastic happen between now and the next time we do the show. Until then, everybody take care of yourself. Take care of each other. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app, visit the website at winningcureseverything.com, or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at winningcures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet
2: at us.
0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.